Welcome back to About Last Night. I'm your host, Anna Wiest, an advocate for justice, with Francis Scarcella, reporter for The Daily Item. On the morning of November 12, 2013, a body was found on an alley in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Later identified as Troy LaFerrera, the victim of a gruesome murder had been stabbed more than 20 times. Sunbury police spent weeks investigating the crime before arresting 18-year-old Miranda Barber, followed by her husband, Elliot, just a few days later. With ties to Satanism and their self-described desire to just kill someone together, the couple was soon recognized nationwide as the Craigslist killers. In the last episode, we told you about the arrest of 18-year-old Miranda Barber, who police alleged murdered 42-year-old Troy LaFerrara in Sunbury, Pennsylvania. Then, Francis went to talk to Miranda's husband, Elliot, who said he didn't know anything about the crime until he was questioned by police. Following the interview with Francis, Elliot Barber went to the police station to visit his wife. Elliot goes into the police station. You're watching, right? This is where we left off. Correct, yes. And yeah. you sit there and you're watching and he's not coming out. A couple hours, I was calling left and right. Nobody was answering me. I said, this is it. He's getting arrested as well. Mm-hmm. And then turns out that's just what happened. Turns out exactly what happened. I later came to find out, which was kind of interesting, a little tidbit on this, is I later came to find out that when I went to... Uh, pick up Elliot Barber. We were actually being tailed by police, and I I actually didn't even know it at the time. So they were watching the entire the entire time. On December sixth, two thousand thirteen, police filed a criminal complaint accusing Elliot Barber of criminal homicide, two counts of criminal conspiracy, simple assault, two counts of aggravated assault, robbery, and possessing instruments of a crime. He is arrested. Several counts are filed. Well, this is where the whole truth came out of the story because he started, he start, you know, singing like a bird inside mm-hmm. there. And this is where once they decide they're going to arraign him that night, I got a phone call that they were going to arraign him. So we, we go down. Uh, it's right across the street from the newspaper at the time where they were doing it. And we go down and... He comes out of the car and he looks at me and he just smiles. That's creepy. But yeah, I was like, you motherfucker. Bottom line. So you pretty much knew that everything he said to you was like bull. I knew going in. Well, right. But that just. I had the suspicions going Mm -hmm. in, but he's allowed to talk. But then he just looked and smiled and shrugged his shoulders. And I was like, okay. So we get in there and he never said a word to me in there, but we get in there and here comes the entire details. Once Elliot was arrested, more of the story was brought to light. Elliot claimed that he was hiding under a blanket in the back seat of the car that his wife was driving with LaFerrara in the passenger seat. He said that he waited for Miranda's signal to wrap a cord around Troy LaFerrara's neck and strangle him. Elliot was the one who then went to the store to purchase cleaning supplies for the car. He told police that he and his wife had tried to kill before, but this was the first time that it worked out. Was hiding underneath a blanket and he popped up out of nowhere when they were crossing the bridge 
there's there's a little bit more to that that we'll get into later on that, that's not necessarily how it happened according to Miranda. But yeah, he pops up out of a blanket from underneath because he's a very small guy. Mm-hmm. And he's and uh he puts a cord around his neck, start choking him while Miranda does the stabbing. Obviously that didn't happen on the bridge because they were driving, but it happened in front of the house apparently. Okay. So he starts saying all of this, basically confessing, yes, to police. Yeah, I, he eventually had told them that they did try this before and it just never worked out. They weren't, it wasn't good timing. They had met other people. And, and you know, the more we talked about it, even in the newsroom, we're like, you know, how would you like to be one of those people that that read this and said, oh my God, I know those people. Mm-hmm. It was I, I mm-hmm. met up with them. And so basically what he says is he waited for her signal. Like Trey LaFerrera didn't even know that he was in the back of the car. Nope. They had a signal, which he didn't give away at that time, but Miranda gave it to me later on and Mm -hmm. we'll get into that. And it was a very bizarre, Mm -hmm. very bizarre signal. Yeah. And then he wrapped a cord around Troy LaFerrera's neck and strangled him. And yet he said that they planned to kill before. And this is what really I think stuck out to people is that he said they just wanted to kill someone. They just had a, had a, a plan together to, uh, to kill someone. Yes. And it's just, it's bizarre. I mean, you know, crazy, very crazy. And I think as we get into more of like the social history of these two, I don't want to say that you understand it. Cause you can't understand like someone just having the urge to kill someone, but you can kind of see the different factors that played into their lives prior to this that may have led to this. Absolutely, and act. I know I know somewhere down the road you're gonna you're planning on a, a playing clips of stuff, so you'll hear some clips from Elliot telling when he does his police interviews, which is just bizarre how mm-hmm. he tells the story uh, that you know Miranda was possessed and she would rise up and and she uh, drank vials of. When you see, you're going to be completely and utterly disgusted mm-hmm. uh, at, at the entire thing and when you hear it. So mm-hmm. I, I, I've never met any more twisted and sick individuals than that ever. Mm-hmm. And for you, you're talking uh, 2013. So really, I was 10. You were 10. So you wouldn't have known other than that there was something crazy going on in your community. And yeah. that was certainly something crazy going on. Right. I'm assuming that after police talk to Elliot and he starts basically confessing and saying what happened, they go back to Miranda because she had said that she killed him in self-defense and she was by herself and Elliot knew nothing about it and blah, 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 blah. Does she stick to her story at this point? She never said another word to police. So she, so never... she sticks to it. She says it was self-defense. She, I don't know if she stuck to it. She just never said another word. You okay. never heard the girl speak until February of 2014. Not one word came out of her mouth. Mm-hmm. Not a single solitary word came out of her mouth. So I guess technically, yeah, but but also no, because she never said a word. Mm-hmm. So police have these like two different versions of the story. Now, Elliot also says in his big confession kind of thing that he was actually the one that went to buy all the cleaning supplies. Absolutely. And there was video surveillance. Yeah, there was videos. So this basically says like, yeah. Confirmed that he did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, uh, which, which again, if you decide that you want to post, but we have pictures of the car actually, of her car Mm -hmm. where they cut out sections where there was 
because they put covers over the seats because there was obviously tremendous amounts of blood inside the car. Right. And they actually went out to get a cheeseburger when it was all said and That is so weird. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, they celebrated his birthday, mm -hmm. uh, went out to eat, and drove to a strip club. Which, again, you'll all find out later on down the road in this. But, yes, this was after the So, fire. literally, you dump the body, you clean the car, you go grab a cheeseburger. Go grab something to eat. Go to a strip and club. Go and go back to home, your normal life. And go back like to nothing normal happened. Life. Yep. And days later, after this, Miranda actually had posted on there that she was going to be making the first ever Thanksgiving meal. Yeah, and she was posting. I've, we talked about this before. She was posting pictures of a ring. And the she ring got they got by the money they took from him, which gave an aggravating circumstance that these two could have faced the death penalty because they did rob him in an uh, act of a crime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. Sholly Insurance Agency is an independent insurance company that has been family-owned and operated since 1985. When you enter their branches in Lewisburg and Sealands Grove, you will be welcomed by local agents who understand your needs and want to help you find the right coverage at the best price. Locally based and community-oriented, Sholly Insurance will help you protect what you love. Head to sholleyagency.com for more information. Sholly Insurance Agency, we are here to help. After Elliot Barber's arrest, Francis started reaching out to people in North Carolina, where the couple had recently moved from. According to his friends, Elliot was heavily involved in drugs. Elliot's friends were also very opinionated about Miranda. Are you the one that found out through your own kind of investigative stuff that Elliot was heavily involved in drugs? Yes, because I called down to North Carolina. So I we had started speaking to his ex-girlfriend, wife. We started speaking to the restaurant where he worked to. I called everybody under the sun that was that knew this man, including his own parents. So I called every single person. So yes. And so you were talking to all these people. What were their, like, feelings about him? Like, what did they have to say? Everybody down there was kind of like, oh, my God. I, 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 they were just, it was very, it was very weird as if they, did, they weren't shocked that this had happened, but they were shocked that it happened. So it was one of those, you ever, you know, you, everybody knows that one person who's like, oh, God, one day. Mm -hmm. But you always say it, but you never really think it. Right. And I think that's how that was. Mm-hmm. So he had overdosed on ecstasy in March. Yes, just and he a was, few months. And he was in prior. the hospital. Yes, yeah. Wow. So, did are you the one that talked to his ex girlfriend? Yep. And she kind of said that he was never the same after the Correct. OD. Yep, I talked. Yep, she we had a very long, good conversation with her. She hated Miranda. Uh, she kind of just wanted to have no parts of it. Right. Uh, other than they had a child, mm -hmm. <laughs> so she had to have some part. Had of to have it. some part of it. Yeah, and she said that like he that elliot had told her that he like heard voices in his head but when he did the drugs like ecstasy made the voices go away that's crazy mm -hmm. bizarre i i mean you're gonna get into this uh, is just the start of like all the crazy stuff that we're gonna be start, talking you're gonna get about into satanism and but like that rituals and and like gangs. there's so much stuff in this. there's so much stuff but he heard voices in his head, but the ecstasy made them go away. She also, the ex-girlfriend, said that Miranda was obsessed with sex and deeply disdainful of obesity. She hated bigger people. 
she told she said that right to me so mm-hmm. and uh about what was the size of Troy LaFerrera he's a bigger guy I mean he was he's definitely a bigger guy so now this is all opinion obviously but do you think that that had something to do with like him being the person that they chose when they just wanted to I kill think somebody he, I think he got very unlucky in all accounts okay. I think he I think he reached out and ran into the wrong people at the wrong time in every wrong situation possible that man struck that night mm-hmm. and that's just, it's very sad because he only needed one thing to go right mm-hmm. and it's then it's done mm-hmm. he had a series of bad events happen all in a row mm-hmm. And he just had no chance. Yeah. So one of Elliot's friends said that the morning after the murder, they went back to the crime scene and watched investigators go through the evidence. Is this someone that you talked to? Yes. That's another just crazy. Like, not only do you go on about your normal life the night of, but you go back. Can you imagine sitting there, like, and being right there and knowing that the person that they're looking for, they don't know it yet. So they but drove by it's the scene. You. They drove by the scene a couple times, circled the scene a couple times, but nobody would have known it. Exactly. It's a very hard scene to drive by because of where it was. Mm-hmm. So you can go down this. It's a very narrow street. You can go down and not really be noticed because it was in the back. Mm-hmm. So everybody was in the back. They were in the front, and you can only see very little. So they probably drove by a couple times just to see. But they did follow all the all the all, all the stories I wrote on it, which I later came to find out. Wow. That's just crazy that they were staying so close to it because you would think you would, like, want to be as far away. But it's just, like, the minds of these people is just wild the way that they handled everything. They were staying with a friend in Sealands Grove. We already talked about that before. They were pretty new to the area. So, like, a week later, this friend heard that there was a murder in Sunbury. And guess who actually told him about it? The Barbers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I reported that. Yeah. She had talked yeah. to her, yeah. They told them themselves. How, I mean, how crazy is that? Mm-hmm. Th- themselves walked in there and said, oh, my God, what a horrific thing. Yeah. It's just, like, they stayed so close to it. And just, like, bringing it up to a friend, like, that they were staying with. Like, he knew that they were out that night. He knew that they weren't home. He could, you know what I mean? Not just him and Anna Herb. There was a couple of them living in there. I mean, we went down and actually when... Uh, after Elliot got arrested and they started to do some searches of the house, we actually were very fortunate enough to have a neighbor let us inside and we watched from a third floor. I mean, yeah. we saw everything, which that's the first time I'm ever admitting to that. But yes, we were out. We were inside, warm, watching. They were on roofs. They were going, uh, taking ceiling tiles out, uh, looking for all kind of evidence. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Elliot's ex-girlfriend said that she had also been friends with Miranda. They, that's how okay. they met, yes. The mother how, of Yes, that's how Elliot and Miranda met. They worked together at a store, yes. Okay, okay. This ex-girlfriend of Elliot was also friends with Miranda, knew them both, we have to assume, well. She said she didn't buy the story that Miranda only had conversations with men, which you'll remember from our last episode that Miranda Barber said, look, yeah, Basically, I meet up with guys, but I talk to them. I provide meaningful conversation, never anything more than that. Well, this ex-girlfriend is saying uh, bullshit. That's what she was saying, yes. I have no... Miranda never said it to me in all the times I've spoke to her. 
in the countless amounts of hours that I've spoken to her, but she's never admitted to me or said to me that she actually ever had made money by selling sex. She never admitted that to me and she never said it. So I know that was what was being said out there and, and, uh, and she did this and she did that, but she never admitted it to me or said anything to me about it. And she said everything. So I would have imagined that she wouldn't have had any issue saying that, but she never really said it. So I think she did make no mistake. I just think she didn't want to, she was saying so much. This was kind of her. Uh, she held that back. That was her one thing that because of the fact that she had gone through a, uh, which you're going to come to find out later on that she was molested at a young age. So I think people in those situations don't talk about it. So that was the mm-hmm. one part of the entire thing that she left out. Mm-hmm. So I think, yes, she was, and obviously she was doing it to make money, but she left it out. And the psychology part of that, after I spoke to a bunch of people was because it's like going back to the which in their case they did, but most people never go back to the crime scene. So mm-hmm. as a young child, she was she was molested so bad they broke her hips. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually read the report that mm-hmm. was that her mother had given to me that her uncle had molested her to the point that she was so injured as a as a young child they broke her hips. Mm-hmm. So I think she never. I mean, how do you recover from something like that? She never went back to that crime scene in her mind. So in her mind, she stayed away from it. So, yes, she probably was, but she never actually said it. And this is one of the many things that we're going to talk about, like, in the social history of these people. And I just want to say now that these are not in any way, shape, or form excuses for what they did. There's no excuse whatsoever for what they did. But it's just, like, trying to get into the mind of that kind of person, like, what leads... What leads someone to just want to kill someone? I know, which you almost were able to see inside the mind of a teenage, the book. But we'll get into that as well. Yeah. We'll get into a lot of media stuff that happened here. So, of the people that you were talking to in North Carolina, they all knew Elliot. You were talking to them about Elliot. What it, I mean, we got the ex-girlfriend's opinion of Miranda. What were their kind of opinions of Miranda? Miranda was not very well liked in North Carolina. So okay. she must have came in like a storm and left in a storm. Because okay. she wasn't very well liked. Okay. And he really talked bad about Elliot, but he was a homegrown guy. So Yeah. So to them, like I'm trying to picture where they were. Because Elliot, was he from North yeah, Carolina? Yes, so he lived there. So he he's born and raised there. They've known him. They've known and then him. she comes from like Alaska. Correct. So to came them in the town like a storm. Yeah. So and to them, is it kind of like she was the initiator yes. and Elliot must have just followed yes. along. Like yep. he must have just went yep. with it. And everybody said she had him under a, a crazy spell and anything he, she wanted, he did. Love makes you go crazy, I guess, but I don't know. I, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's not normal conversation to be having to say, Hey, uh, this is what I've always wanted to do. You know, it's not like they said, Hey, I never mini golfed. Let's go do it. You know, if this yeah. girl said, Hey, I, yeah. I, I want to kill somebody. Let's go do it. Like, uh, I'd be like, get the hell out of yeah, here. Like, I mean, what of course, the... of course, that would be the, that would be the first well, like, conversation that you had on anything <laughs> from that point forward. Yes. Just crazy. Crazy. So in the next episode, we're going to get into the investigation. Um, kind of, we know that there were several searches in the house they were staying in with friends and kind of what police were doing and what they had 
on this couple. Because that's where it hit kind of a lull. I mean, there's interesting stuff we'll get into for the people that love to know the investigative parts of it because we have all of the documents. So that was that people will, you know, I think you'll enjoy hearing some of that. But that was kind of the lull. That was the calm before the major storm that broke loose. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to this episode of About Last Night. Join Francis and I on Friday on our second show, In the Know, where we'll be bringing you the biggest stories of the week in Central PA. And come back Wednesday to find out more about the investigation into the Craigslist killers. This podcast is produced by Harv Productions, LLC.